Welcome to the Art of Medicine, the program that explores the arts, business, and clinical aspects of the practice of medicine. I'm Dr. Andrew Wilner, and my guest today is Dr. Robin Dickinson. Welcome, Robin. Thank you so much. I'm glad to be here. So, Dr. Dr. Dickinson, you are a family physician, but are now more focused on being a school teacher. So tell us about that. You know, I, I've really been teaching my whole life. And so no one who knows me well is surprised at the uh, at the career shift or uh, addition, so to speak. Um, really, I, I started teaching in third grade when I already knew third grade math. I learned it when I had the chicken pox in kindergarten. And so I didn't have much to do. And my third grade teacher was wonderful. This was back in the days, you know, I'm old enough that meeting my needs meant pulling me out for one hour a week to give me some little project to do. And the rest of the time I was just in the classroom and my teacher really tried to give me my own projects, but I'd just run through it, get bored, not have anything to do. And so she ended up pairing me with the student who was the furthest behind in the class. And so I spent the school year during math class teaching him. And it was such a fun experience for me to think about like, how can I make this make sense to someone that it's not making sense for? How can I explain this? Because clearly the way the teacher was teaching it wasn't working. So how could I do it so that it would work? And it was such a fun thing to figure that out. And I mean, I'm the oldest of six kids, so I've always taken care of younger kids. Um, helped with homework and so forth, but it's just such a fun experience to look at how the brain works in different people. And, you know, clearly he needed to learn in a different way than me and in a different way than the other kids. So ever since then, I've, you know, I've been teaching or tutoring or in some way involved with kids. Wow. I, I have so many things to say about that. First, I'm a neurologist. So how the brain works is uh, always what interests me. Second, you had a side gig you know, a lot of uh, what we talk about on this podcast is physician side gigs and non-clinical careers. You already had a side gig in third grade. So that's pretty amazing. And then, you know, I think the other thing is really a personality issue. I mean, a lot of kids would say, oh, this is a real pain. I got to teach this kid. He doesn't know what he's doing and he's wasting my time. But you had a completely different take on it. You were creative and you saw this as a, a worthwhile uh, challenge. I, I think that's really amazing. Well, I, All right. You know, so I, what happened after third grade? Well, you know, the, the thing is, is that the more interesting experiences we have, the more we develop as a person and the more opportunities we have. So, you know, it's one of those things where like, I never plan on being a teacher. I've wanted to be a doctor my entire life, but all these teaching experiences turn out to be really useful now. So it's a good thing I did them. And, you know, they may not directly apply. Um, when I was 16, I was the one room school teacher for a living history project. So I had a whole school full of children, plus all the visitors that I had to manage. So I was teaching all the grades in the school of other children being living history uh, interpreters, while also managing all of our visitors who ranged from really sweet and well-meaning to some really obnoxious people. And it was such an interesting experience and gave me confidence up until then. I would quiver all over if I had to speak in front of people. I would, my teeth would chatter so badly you couldn't understand me. But after that experience, like nothing could phase me. And so since then I've been comfortable in front of people. And so all these little experiences that we may not think much of add up into creating us to be someone who's ready to do anything, so. 
So you're the like the poster child for personal growth. I think that's uh, that's amazing. Well, what is Dr. Robin's school? Well, it's an online video lessons about the human body. Um, it's really pre-med school for kids because there isn't really anything out there for people who are young and really want to know about the human body. You know, there's DK books and lift the flat books and, but they don't really go in depth or really explain very much. And so for kids who are really hungry for that information, like I was when I was a kid, there's not much available. And so I got to take this interest I've always had in how to explain things in a way that makes sense. Um, and that I really honed in my private practice, um, caring primarily for uninsured, underinsured, um, lower to moderate income families who may not have the educational background, um, but really wanted to understand their health care and, you know, often weren't doing as well as they could because no one had explained it in a way that made sense to them. And so being able to step back and spend the time because I was solo private practice and could do whatever I wanted, um, I could spend 30 minutes or an hour explaining things. So I spent the majority of my time teaching and figuring out how do you take these really complex medical situations? You know, how do you explain diabetes on a molecular level, on a biological level, in the cells? In How do you explain insulin? How do you explain all this to someone so that they understand the pharmacology and why they need their medication or their lifestyle changes? And it was such fun to do that. And that same way of explaining works really well for children too. And so I started at the beginning of the pandemic um, with a shift because my kids were home 24 seven to needing to work online. And so I started teaching live online classes on Zoom, um, but they filled up really quickly and I only have so many hours in a day and I have two kids to take care of. And I didn't have time to just teach live classes. So I started recording them um, and yeah, it's been really fun. I, it turns out it's, it's so magical to be able to put together a lesson and explain something in a way that really makes sense and people remember. Um, and by doing it as a recording, I can put so much into it that I couldn't do in a live class because there are things I won't do, you know, 13, 15, 18 times in a week, but I can do once. So. Sure. Well, I'm, I'm very sympathetic to your uh, concepts. In 1996, I published a book, Epilepsy 199 Answers, because I was practicing as an epileptologist and uh, I was fielding, you know, the same questions, you know, what is epilepsy? Well, I've taken medicines all my life. What's an EEG? Mm -hmm. uh, you know, all this stuff ought to be in a book. And that this was pre-internet you know, pre-internet day when, uh, you know, information wasn't that easy. You had to write away for it, you know, somebody would send it. So I said, we ought to put this in a book. So I, I wrote the book and three editions later, it's it's still out there. So I think teaching uh, is certainly a passion that, that I have and I, I understand, but uh, little children, now that's an area that I've never uh, ventured uh, into. I have to mention, I, I still remember a science experiment that I did, and I don't know how old I was, but you took a, an old-fashioned milk bottle. I don't know if they still have milk bottles. You know, the milkman used to leave it, leave it at the door, you know, yep. a glass milk bottle. Mm -hmm. I'm sure you know this one, and you put, I guess you put, you, you light some paper and you let it burn inside the milk bottle, and then you take a hard-boiled egg, and you put it on top of the milk bottle, mm -hmm. 
And as the bottle cools, the density shrinks and it sucks that egg into uh-huh. the bottle. It was like so cool. Now, do you have any sort of cool sort of hands-on experiment things that you do? Oh, for sure. I mean, up here, I, I should send you a picture of what I have all the models that I've bought, but also I just make, I mean, here's here's how the, our lung works, right? So how does the diaphragm pull air into our lungs? Well, we can see it. And, you know, everything, you know, genetics, let me just put that back. Oh, it's falling. There we go. Um, genetics, we can, you know, compare it to a recipe book or mm-hmm. my very favorite lesson so far is actually not coming out till next month, um, but it's on the vestibular system because most people don't know they have a vestibular system. And so until besides, it stops working. <laughs> yeah, until it stops working. And then they're like, oh, this is a really important system. And, you know, for that one, I had a turntable and I used a bowl with water and made kind of my own hair cells and demonstrated how when you spin you know how kids spin in circles so they spin in circles and then you stop and then you feel like you're spinning the other way why is that and for them to watch me spin this bowl and then i stop and the hair cell flips the other way and watching their faces in the live classes just they get it you know and then when i explain benign positional vertigo and how that works watching their brains figure that out because i do lots of in the live question classes back and forth questions of how how what do you think happens you know so these rocks are rolling around in their in their canals what do you think happens and we watch them and they're like you'd feel dizzy you'd feel like you're spinning and i'm like yes you got it and it's just so cool watching them put that together and i teach every lesson live at least a few times to see like where do kids get lost what questions do they have? Because of course, kids will always surprise us with their questions. And also just make sure that all my all my demonstrations work for kids and that they can make, because some demonstrations, it turns out are too obtuse. You know, it doesn't, they don't make the, the, the direct connection and others work great. And so that way I can find out exactly what works with live human children. And then I can record the lesson at its very best and then as many children as ever want to can go ahead and, and uh, enjoy it. And grownups. Turns out grownups like these too, but they're intended for children. I was just going to ask you, which age groups um, are your lessons targeted for? My live classes are primarily kids between about 7 and 11 years old. Um, though I've had gifted children as young as 4. And frankly, the teenagers don't know this stuff either. They just think they're too cool for it. Um, but in the recorded classes, it's I've had up to about 17 years old because they don't have to admit they're doing it. And then uh, quite often in the live classes, I ha- I noticed there'll be like someone sitting off to the side and I can't tell you how many times that kids raise their hand, I've answered the question and I said, all right, did that answer your question? And they turn to the parent like, did that answer your question, mom? <laughs> <laughs> so I know great. there's grownups enjoying these too. Well, I hope you're keeping track, you know, so you can correlate who took your class with their MCAT scores and how many people got into medical school, you know, that took your class. Well, I mean, I you haven't been doing, what do you think? I was going to say, I think it's so important to start this when they're children, because, you know, whether they go into medical career or not, so much of what we learn is really based on what we learned at that age. I mean, I don't know about you, but like everything I know about penguins is probably from third grade. Everything I know about, you know, weather, definitely fourth grade. I've learned nothing about it since then, really. 
And you know, those, those early science experiences are what stick with us and then provide the foundation for everything afterwards. And so I think it's really important to get that in early because health costs is kind of a, a kind of a flop. I mean, it doesn't really change anyone's behavior, right? People aren't changing their life decisions. They aren't changing their lifestyle because of health costs. They know what they should do, but they aren't doing it. But if they understand the science of it from a very young age, then you can tell them what to do. And they're like, oh, it's for those organs I already learned about and I want to take care of. That makes sense. Yeah, I love this. You know, the advice to to young people who want to become physicians is often, well, go work in the go volunteer in the hospital. You know, which when I was interested in becoming, I thought this is dumb advice. What am I going to do? I don't know anything. I'm going to push the patients around on a cart. I mean, I how is around that binders. Like when I volunteered in the hospital, I literally carried around folders and binders from office to office, which tells you nothing. This is a lot better. Well, if somebody's interested in Dr. Robin's school for themselves or their children, uh, where can they get in touch with you? So the website is just docrobinschool.com. So it's D-O-C, Robin like the bird, and then school. And it's just a really easy sign up and once it's a once a month subscription. We did that on purpose so that people can just, you know, if they want to do a one month unit, you know, I. I've had children in my classes who are just obsessed with one organ. Um, I can't tell you how many kids love teeth, which I always wondered why they're why people go into dentistry, but I think they just hang on to that love of teeth. And so people can just do what their kids are fascinated by. Or if you have a kid like me who wanted to be a doctor, you know, they can stick around because I put out a new lesson every week. And so like I just finished recording everything for next month, vestibular system. I did a muscle intro. I did a chicken dissection, which I loved. Um, it is so much fun. I've never dissected a chicken before and they have the same structures as us. I had no idea. So it was a lot of fun. Well, you have a contagious enthusiasm that I'm sure uh, comes through in your classes, and it sounds like something really uh, interesting to, to check out. So, Dr. Dickinson, I want to thank you very much for uh, sharing uh, information about Dr. Robin's school. I think it's pretty cool. And thank thanks for being on The Art of Medicine. Thank you very much. I enjoyed it. This program is hosted, edited, and produced by Andrew Wilner, MD, FACP, FAAN. Guests receive no financial compensation for their appearance on the art of medicine. Andrew Wilner, MD, is Associate Professor of Neurology at the University of Tennessee Health Science Center, Memphis, Tennessee. Views, thoughts, and opinions expressed on this program belong solely to Dr. Wilner and his guests and not necessarily to their employers, organizations, or other group or individual. While this program intends to be informative, it is meant for entertainment purposes only. The Art of Medicine does not offer professional financial, legal, or medical advice. Dr. Wilner and his guests assume no responsibility or liability for any damages, financial or otherwise, that arise in connection with consuming this program's content. Thanks for watching. For more episodes of The Art of Medicine, please subscribe. www.andrewwilner.com <laughs>